What does it take to be the hero of your own story? Let's talk about that with Courtney Vi Weaver on episode 104 of the No Boring Stories podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here, each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I have never actually had to make an insurance claim in all my years of driving. Yay me. Today on the show, we've got Courtney Vi Weaver. Courtney is, oh, she's a lot of fun, but professionally, Courtney is an entrepreneur. She's the host of the Ambitious Hippies podcast, and she's the CEO of Weaver Sales Academy, a sales training organization for insurance professionals. Courtney has founded and led multiple sales organizations, driving over $5 million in revenue in the past three years through mindset and performance coaching, while also teaching key strategies to marketing and consumer behavior. Now, as a co-founder of the Weaver Sales Academy, they firmly believe in a holistic approach to your insurance agency and your entrepreneurial journey. She has a big heart to help you live in the both. Not either or, not this or that. You don't have to show up and be super professional or kind of let your wild side show. What if you were both? We talk about that at the beginning of this conversation. We talk about then where that comes from, of course, who her influences were, what her major moments of decision-making were in her life, and rounding out on what it really takes to be the hero and realizing that you can't do this all on your own. Look, if you want to laugh today, then you're going to love this conversation. You want to be inspired to be your full self and step forward with confidence like never before. Courtney is the conversation to listen to for you. This is going to be great for you, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. If something stands out to you from this conversation, please share it right away on your social media. Show Courtney some love. Share this episode around because sharing is how the world goes round. All right, let's get into this conversation now with Courtney Vi Weaver. Welcome back to the No Boring Stories podcast. I, of course, am Alex Street, and I am joined today by somebody who really just so easily puts a smile on my face whenever we connect. And it might be because she keeps saying that I'm like her favorite person to talk to. She said, you said, you quote, literally said that I am your favorite person in the world. Isn't it? Didn't you say that? I didn't. Okay. I did not say you're my favorite person in the world. Okay. That's my, well, that's what I heard. All right. So great. Anyways, (laughs) this is, (laughs) this is Courtney. Oh man. I didn't ask. Is it Courtney Weaver? Courtney Vi? What are we going? Yeah. Yeah. Courtney Weaver, Courtney Vi Weaver, whatever you want to call me. It just depends on the day. As long as I'm not in trouble, that's the most important thing. Okay. But this is, (laughs) this will be edited out. How am I actually like promoting this and pushing this? Is it Weaver? Courtney by Weaver. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. What? <laughs> Do you want to start over? I mean, that's all just like ramble. I actually just start when I ask you, how are you doing? That's where the okay. edit starts, but um, I love it. I love it. So We're already going. Here I am with Courtney by Weaver. Courtney, how are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Honestly, I have a sparkly shirt on. Like I have brought my A game. I am ready to tell all the stories and I have full permission to speak freely. So we're going to have to put a little explicit sticker on this podcast. Let's do it. Let's get it. First question. Uh, When are you not wearing a sparkly shirt? Oh gosh. You know, that's just like my soul. So I, I, this is just part of it. So a hundred percent of the right. time, even if I'm not wearing a sparkly shirt, just envision me in a park sparkly shirt. That's just how I like to live my life. My mom had some shirts that had sequins on mm-hmm. them and were sparkly. And this would be nineties into two thousands. And as mm-hmm. I was growing up and becoming a super cool teenager with lots of friends, I was like, um, like mom do you really have to do you have to wear that and she's like oh darling i have to wear it (laughs) it's like you know what and then you embrace it and i'm like this is who she is baby this is it and i love it 
Yeah. Like Moira Rose is like ultimate life goals for me. (laughs) So like, yes, like this is who I am. This is, this is part of the gig. I think it's great too. Cause in business, you know, growing up, I thought it was really stuffy and I thought you wore like, you know, these boring blazers and you had to look a certain way. And now it's, you get to be who you are and share your gifts with the world. So that's part of it. Why did you think that growing up? Who, who showed you that? Who was your image? Uh, who did you look up to that was in business that so, demonstrated that? So my aunt was in corporate America um, and she worked her way up starting, you know, in the eighties and, and we're small town, Missouri kids. So we grew up in North central Missouri. We're from, you know, really rural community. And again, I'm born in the eighties. So I didn't have exposure to YouTube and Instagram and mm-hmm. any of that. So she was really my role model for a woman in business and what that looked like. Now, my mom also was an entrepreneur. She was a hairdresser, but that was more free reign. Like you could really have more self-expression there. So I had these two different examples of what women in business looked like. And so I just kind of became a hybrid of both of them to where it's like, oh, I can still do this, but I can look how I want to look. Ooh, yeah. That's fun stuff. Yeah. And So now here you are. And as you say, like, do you see what you just like, you open up with this like very quick story. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is who I was as a kid. And I had this image. And now I'm like, just be who you want to be. Yeah. What? So let's get right to it. What? Yeah. How do you shift that? How do you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I want to be a woman in running a successful business. I want to be that. And, and now, and I'm fighting against this urge to like be myself or be fully me and wear the, the sparkly shirts. At what point does that just turn and become okay for you? At what point did you just lean into that and say, this is it. I'm just going to be fully me. I think it's been an evolution and it's been a lot of people trying to tell me who I should be. And it's really this gut feeling of, yeah, but does that feel right? And I think it comes with age and I think it comes with really valuing whose opinion matters in the room. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who are going to give you their opinion, but is that something that's of value to you? And I have a really small, I think Brene Brown is the one that talks about it. Like the square squad of, you know, how many people can fit on this one inch by one inch piece of paper. And those are the people that you really look at. Those, those are the opinions that matter, not the thousands of people on the internet or the 10 people in the boardroom or whatever that looks like. But I also have to look at it I didn't have that example of being both of those things. And I'm a firm believer that you can have it all. And if you don't, don't see that, then that means that you have to be the representation. So I just had to embody that this is who I am and I have to be okay with it. And I also know that someday I want kids and I want little girls and little boys to grow up thinking that it's okay to be themselves and it's okay to show up how you want to. And You don't have to dress a certain way or sound a certain way to try to prove who you are. Like, just because I wear a sparkly shirt doesn't mean that I'm not a phenomenal business person. Like those aren't mutually exclusive. That's just me embodying who I am. So to answer your question, I think I had a lot of people tell me I was completely over the top. I was completely this or that. And I think that's great. And I just embraced that and just kept leaning into more of who am I? Because at the end of my life, did I live it for you or did I live it for me? That's it. What is the struggle in that though? When you do like, can can you think when you say that you're like, yeah, I had people telling me I was too much. I was too this. Is there, are there moments, are there specific faces that show up when you think of that? When you say that in generalities, is there specific moments that show up for you where you're like, I remember walking into a room and this person said to me, you gotta, you gotta tie up your hair or you gotta wait. Okay. Wait, like what shows up for you? This just happened. So I have been on social media since 2004. Cause I, this came about when I was in college and it, you know, Facebook was a thing where it's not what it is now. And so I've spent pretty much you know, from that point on really trying to leverage that platform to get my message out there. And recently I've kind of dipped back into LinkedIn. And when I got on LinkedIn, I had a few of my mentors, one of them being my aunt who is corporate America. I mean, she worked her way up all the way to the top Mm. and we just had a conversation and she said, you have to update your LinkedIn profile. You can't look so glamor shoddy. It can't look like this. And I understand what she's saying. And I know that perception shots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Clearly. I mean, like feather boa, like if you don't know what glamour shots are, like 
Uh, you 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 missed a monumental point your child i never had one but i feel like my mom tried to get me into one like that was like <laughs> you're missing out i mean yeah. it was the most uncomfortable thing it's like in the back of a church pew <laughs> you know you're wearing this like off the sh- like why are you dressing this nine-year-old in this off the shoulder feather boa with this over the top hat I, I'm actually probably wearing something very similar to what I'm wearing right now. In this yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> now that I look at it, I'm like, damn, I need to pull this out from like 1992. I bet it's the exact uh, same thing, but <laughs> I understand what she was implying, but I just wish I, I know that we're making strides in that category of like, you know, presenting ourselves in a, you know, a professional way, but still honoring our self-expression, but it's still made me like, I don't want to have to play that role because that's Mm. not who I am. So, (sighs) so then, okay. So there's something here. This is what's, what's, what's so good because as you're showing up, you're like, I want to be this fully who I am person. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so easy. And this is what's so great is is because, yes, of course, that's like, that's this goal. You watch stories, you watch movies, you're like, oh, if that person could just stop being what everybody wants them to be and find themselves fully and completely and then go walk forward knowing who they are. And then you're like, yeah, but what happens the rest of their life? Like, how do they continue to evolve and to figure that out? And so this is what's interesting to me when you're like, you can have it all. And you can be both of, you can, I can fit in both of those worlds. I can be all of that. How do you see this? Let's just play into the future a little bit. How do you see this story developing? Like what's next level for you? What's, what's next chapters of the story? What shows up for you? If you're like, if you're sitting here and you're like, I love this. I love who I am right now. I love what's going on. I love how I show up. Do you yeah. see, like, is that possible? I don't, honestly, I don't ask this question much, but I just feel like yeah, you, you've sat in this. You do have a vision. Oh, I you've definitely, yes, I definitely see this continuing to Tell show where up. where the story I, goes. And I don't want to discredit the fact that every day is still an evolution. Like, it's not always like, yeah, I am who I am. And this is, uh, there's still that pushback of, can I do this? Can I actually embody all of these versions. I mean, I created a podcast called ambitious hippies. So these are two like total opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's really how I live my life. So I think in the future, really pushing more towards embodying, having it all and teaching others how to, how to do that in the process. I mean, even so the company that we run, we really focus on, you know, generating revenue for insurance professionals, but doing it in a way that you're holding your ethics and your customers to the, to the highest standard. Like you're, you're doing the right thing for people because anything that seems like it's mutually exclusive is something that I always want to dive into. So a lot of times, at least for me, I had this belief growing up that people that made a lot of money were doing it in a way that wasn't right or Mm -hmm. wasn't good. Or, you know, I had all of these stories And so what we did was, okay, if we have a ton of success and we're doing it the right way, how do we teach other people to do the same thing? And just like, if you have a ton of success and you have a ton of freedom, like, can you embody both of these things? Can you really live life on your own terms? Can you have it all? So when I think about the vision moving forward, I mean, I would love, love to live in a world where people showed up as themselves. Like they did the nerd, the dirty, gritty, like shadow, like what is not true? What is true? Whose voice is that? Like they did all of this work. They showed up fully expressed and took the battle every single day to continue to show up as that person. And then raised other human beings who did the exact same thing and cheered each other on in the process. Like, I know that would seem like utopia, but I think we can do it. I think we really can. So you, you're asking, what does that vision look like? Oh gosh, I'd love to live in like the ambitious hippies world forever, <laughs> forever. I would, I think that making a ton of money, helping people along the way, living your dream life, finding freedom, whatever. And that's, that's a wild definition because everyone's going to define that differently, but being really secure in that. So I don't know if that answers. So what do you not, what, what does that look like 
You're, we'll get into actual story here in a minute, I'm sure. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but I'm fascinated maybe. in this because you're so, here's what I think is showing up. And, and, I, and then I have a follow-up question. You're showing up with this extreme confidence. That, that's like, it's, it's coming off of the computer screen right now. It's just, and it is how you show up. And maybe it's the sparkles. I don't know. But you show up, you generally do show up with this wild and contagious confidence. And that's the thing I'm trying to dig into a little bit and see, is this for real? And if it's for real, how do you develop that? How does that show up? How did that specifically show up in your life? And where are the questions that the rest of us are asking that seem to be barriers from having that un- that kind of confidence that you have. So I'm wondering as yeah. you show up, you're like, I want to live in this future of like the ambitious hippies. I want this. I, it's both. And it's, it's not this or this it's this and this, if you want it, it's, it's there, it's possible. Everything's there and I can get it because I'm living it. It's mm-hmm. here. I believe it. Pass it on to the next generation, baby. Let's go and change yeah. this world. How? So what's, (laughs) no, but what, what is the struggle for you? What is the questions that, what are the questions that, that you still face in this? Well, I think first to, I'm going to answer that question too. And I'm going to say, I had a wonderful mother who instilled confidence from a very young age, who said, proud of you for everything that I did on the Mm. flip side of that. I had a dad who, and my parents are wonderful human beings, but they were two opposite ends in their own stories too. So my mom's like, I'm proud of you. I mean, literally everything that I would do proud of you came after that, which is like great. you ate your peas at dinner yes. time. She's like, proud of I you, love, baby. I love peas. So that wasn't hard for me, which is great that you bring that <laughs> That's up. That's a divisive topic. Yeah. I don't know. People think that they're like <laughs> pimples popping in your mouth and other people no, are like, I, I love I them. I think they're fantastic. This the is mushier, the better. Or, oh or... gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even eat onions and I love peas. People who are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, this might be part of it. This might be the confidence thing. Get some peas in your life. <laughs> I don't that's know. the secret. You, you know, heard it here secret. first. This is it. Breaking news. No. So, so I had, I had that growing up. And then my, my dad was always like, there will be somebody who is smarter. There will be somebody who is prettier. There will be somebody who is this, that, or the other, you always have to work harder. So to answer your question, yeah, like I, I am extremely, I wouldn't even say confident. I'm passionate and I have a lot of fun with what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but I still have those stories of, can I do this? Am I good enough to do this? Like, can I hold this vision that I have? This is so big. So yeah. I mean, those are still daily. I'm still a human being. I'm still going to fight against this, like okay. all of that. So it's so interesting because the, the, really this, as far as I can hear, most of the conversation so far that, that has come out has been this sort of sense of duality. It's, mm-hmm. it's again, this or that it's, it's yeah. one way or the other way, one path or, or the other path. And then what you just opened up for me was like, well, yeah, I remember as a kid, like I just grew up with this, like I walk into one room. And I hear one thing and I walk into another room and, it, and I hear something that that almost sounds like it's a different script entirely. Yep. Yeah, of course, I'm proud of you. And mm-hmm. there's yeah. always you're going to have to work hard. You're going to yeah. have to earn it because there's somebody else working just as hard and nothing will come easy. Yeah, it was a it was a constant like build, 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 and then humble, build, build, build and humble. And so what happened as an adult is I had to rewrite all of those stories because no matter how great my parents were or their faults, it's still up to me to carry out whatever I want my story to be. And then what I'm going to carry on to our children someday. So I've had to rewrite a lot of those stories about, you know, what I define as success, what I define as hard work, what I define as rest, like what confidence even looks like and boundary, all of that shit that we all go through. I I've had to do a lot of that on my own because I had their, their story. And then I had the one that I created myself that was really critical. I'm an Enneagram three. So I am like hyper performer, hyper achiever, like defining my worth on productivity. So I've had to work Mm -hmm. through a lot of that. I guess. And so I'm getting to this point where I, I think it sounds like there's this 
is it a merging of those two? Yeah. That you are kind of living with and adding in now your own voice, you know, as a kid, you're like, you're defined by the voices around you. Essentially, yeah. there's some sort of inner voice, but it's quieted by typically by the voices around you. And, and as you grow up, you merge those two together, say like, yeah, okay. I'm proud mm-hmm. of the work that I've done and I still have work to do. Yeah. And there's something else bubbling up within you that is this natural drive, this understanding of self that's showing up and trying to work within all those two. I'm doing this really like I love really using my hands. You can't see <laughs> Yeah, it's like a phoenix coming from the ashes. Phoenix, here it's a rose. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here, but man, I, I we're talking a little abstract here, but I and so I want I want to make it as practical as possible that that it's this taking the stories that were told to you and redefining them with this discovery of what you want and what you want to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you begin to discover that? When did your voice, your inner voice start to to move, to bubble up? So it was in my early twenties. So I went to school, graduated school, left home. I was like, okay, I'm not going back to rural America. Like, I think this is great, but this is not for me. I want to go out and I want to see the world. And throughout that process, you know, have different jobs. I decided I'm going to move out of the state of Missouri. I'm not going to spend my entire life living in one state. So I moved to Dallas. So I moved to Dallas, Texas. And I realized very quickly, it's a lot of fun. It's very expensive, very flashy. These are very pretty people here. Like, okay, I get what everyone's saying about the world is big, go out and see it all this. So there's one moment where, you know, I can tell I'm going down a path that's not good. You know, I'm in toxic relationships. I'm in debt. Like I'm not making good choices. And my car gets stolen. I come out one day, my car is not there. And I have this moment, if you've ever had your car stolen, it's really weird. Cause you're like, I swear this is where I, and I only know it because there's glass shattered in the grass and there's <sighs> pictures of, you know, I have a little brother. So it was like his senior pictures were laying in the grass and I'm like, Oh God. So I have to essentially pack up what I had, which wasn't much. And I have to move home and I have to live with my parents for the first time in five years. So I move in with my parents and I realize that if somebody is going to save me, it's going to be myself. And if they're, no matter what stories people have told me, my mom or my dad, I still got to this spot. And now it's up to me to figure out what I want to do with it. So early twenties, I decide, all right, I'm going to essentially get my shit together. Like no more doing this. And that's where I really started listening to my voice of, okay, so you played by the rules that you thought you were supposed to play by, you know, you did, you went to school and you got the degree and you got the job and you did all these things. And then you just started like almost blowing it up because it was that actually what you really wanted to do. So that was the first time where I started asking myself, okay, wait, what do I want to do? Like what's important to me? So it was my health. It was finances. It was really taking like tiny habits, you know, and, yeah. and moving in that direction. And that's okay. So when you, you go back, you go back to live with your parents, what are you, yeah. 25 something? Yeah. 24 ish. Yeah. And you, you're like, I have to do this. Nobody else is going to say what paint a picture there of what's the alternative. I mean, I live with my parents at 24 and you know, I've, I've done, I've achieved all of these things that everyone said, or, you know, painted like, this is the golden ticket. I did all those things and it didn't work out because I, so the alternative is I live with my, how long do I live with my parents and what kind of job do I have? And is this where I even actually want, do I want to live in this city? And what does this even look like? It almost felt like I was starting all over again. Mm. I had to just like wash it and say, okay, regardless of, you know, your experience and your education and all of that, like now, what do you want to do? Because you're in the exact same spot you were when you were 18, you're actually worse because now you have a lower credit score and credit card debt. So here you go. So when you're 18, you feel somewhat invincible. Yeah. You're like, I'll go do this. I'll do the right yeah. thing. I'll do the good thing. I'm crushing it. I'm yeah. going to go live it up in the big city and do all the things, make all the money, have all the people, mm-hmm. all that. 
And then you come back and tail between your legs, yeah. live with your parents. Uh, I gotta be here. And you're like, ah, this isn't going to be for long. Mm-hmm. Something's got to shift. Yeah. Something's got, so now it's again, but you're like, it's like, I'm starting over, which you, you are, but now you have this, like this lived experience to, to ele- to again, to give you this opportunity to elevate from who you were when you started out that journey, let's say 18, but it's even obviously before that, um, you're a different person now. Yeah. And how, so when you're that you're like, I'm shifting, I'm taking care of my health. I'm taking care of my mindset. I'm going to go forward with a different passion, a different purpose. Uh, what did, what did that look like? Well, what I was think- the tangible difference? I started making decisions that would benefit the future self versus making in the moment decisions. So up until that spot, I was just making like, you know, the next best decision in front of me at that point, I'm like, okay, what does the future version of myself look like? And how do I become her? Like, what would she do? Not who was helping you figure that out. That's the self-discovery. Like it was self-discovery. It's Which, you going out and sitting in the the, the field. It's yeah. and like with a journal. It's you. Yeah. What yeah. So I started a vision board. I didn't even know what a vision board was, but it was like, okay, take all of these things. Now that's not to say that I don't have great examples because again, I'm going to circle back to my aunt right. who has been like a phenomenal example. And I'm like, okay, so she did it in corporate America. She made a phenomenal living. She had a great life. You know, I had representations, but it was more about, okay, let me actually, I'm a visual person. So, I mean, even in my office right now, I have a huge dry erase board. Like I'm going to write it all out. Like I want to lay it all out. Like, what does my life look like in five years? What does my life look like in 10 years? And instead of trying to make my parents proud or this person proud, how do I make myself proud? Like what, Mm. what would 10 years from now, what would future Courtney be like? Hell yeah. That's exactly what I want to do. And I just started making decisions based on that. So it was really just a vision board of laying out like, okay, so this is what my trajectory has been up until this point. This got me here. I need to start making decisions that look differently than what I've made before. And how does that, it's so good. Again, like let's, I just want to dig in a little bit because I hear this often, right? People are like, yeah, no, it was just, I just woke up. I just realized one day. And no. decided to change my life. And it's great. Yeah. And all the power to you. Phenomenal. And that's how the story feels. And it's like, yeah, no, I really changed my life. But I'm also, and I think we as listeners, as a general audience, find a more relatable story. And honestly, a more marketable story when there's somebody else there when there's who, who influenced you? What was the, did you really just, because if you just discovered this on your own, then I don't know, honestly, if I have, if I have the same circumstantial, the same circumstances to do that. I don't know if I have the same drive. I don't, I don't know if I believe that I can make the shift that you made on my own. Yeah. I believe I need help. Yeah. So you're here. Right. So for you to, to then say like, well, actually, yeah, there was this example. There was this example. There was this example, but ultimately it was me making a vision board. Yeah. It was me making a vision board. And it was me really, I mean, my aunt has been my ultimate, you want to talk about somebody that is an expander for your subconscious. She was my expander. She was my, she got out, she made it. She has a great life. She's very spiritual. I mean, she, when I think about ambitious hippies, it's her. Like she is the ambitious hippie. So no, I didn't do this by myself. I am not that talented and I will not, I cannot even claim to be that. But, and I, I, the part of the story that I didn't share was throughout my adult life, when I'm living in Dallas, I'm living with her. Like Mm. in this point of my life, I'm living with her. So when my car gets stolen, I have to leave her and go back to my parents. So this is the moment of like, holy shit. If I want to have what she has, I can't make choices that I made living in that story anymore. I have to live in her story or her version or all of that. So yeah, it's a vision board, but it's also looking at somebody that has what I wanted and dissecting what choices did they make in their life? Like when did they say yes? And when did they say no? 
Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching, or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income, and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time okay it's so good you're so good because at like again i'm just i i see this almost cinematically right so i'm watching your life as a movie and and there's such a clear picture of merging the stories together. And so that growing up, you've got these two stories of your mom and your dad and kind of the stories that they're impacting you with. Then, as you say, you're like, okay, I get into this first situation, this first job career opportunity. And I go in and live with my aunt who is just superwoman CEO, mm-hmm. corporate, love it, brilliant, ambitious hippie. But then I have to leave that and go back and live with my parents. And at the beginning of this conversation, you said it's actually your mom and your aunt are these two separate. Your mom is like super like hairdresser and live it up. And your aunt is put on the the pantsuit. Let's go. And you've got those two. And so you actually have to leave the one image and go back and live with the other one. And here you are. I'm looking at this this version of you that is this merging of all of these images that you had before you and still decided to create your own vision board and make it how you want it to be yeah absorbing whatever characteristics or characters were around you yeah there's a part to the story that i haven't shared yet though and that's where my husband comes into play Mm. stay tuned next week and you can hear I love it. That was such a, there's a part you don't know. Okay. Bring Michael into this. I love it. So I stay up all night on February 14th. I'm single. I'm broke. I'm living at home with my parents, vision boards up. We're making it happen. The next thing I need to do is get my health in check. So I'm like, all right, well, healthy people go to the gym. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I don't go to sleep. I stay up all night on February 14th, literally like working on the vision board, doing all the things. February 15th, I go to the gym. Now this is the gym that is in where my parents live. My husband is from this town. I don't know this because I don't know him at the time. I walk into the gym at five o'clock in the morning. It's me and two other people. He's there with another guy and they're working out together, doing the whole thing. And he comes up and he introduces himself. And I immediately have this full visceral effect of, I'm going to marry this person. Like, this is my life partner. And I remember almost being mad because I was like, man, I have this freaking vision board. I'm going to crush it. I nowhere in there said anything about a man. And it was amazing because it would, when you talk about like rewriting the story, it was, this is a partner who's going to help you carry out the vision that you have for your life and hold, and let it be yours and not try to make you into anything else. So that's how I met my husband was after all of that. Boom. Then he went to Vegas and just got eloped or like, no, 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 no. No, I had to do the single ladies dance for a long time before I got a ring, but that's a different story. But yeah, my, my true partner. So are you a dancer? I feel like you are a dancer. 
I don't know, not professionally, but <laughs> don't don't keep me from a good time. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, I love to move. I do. I think it's so fun. Music is like ingrained in my soul. We grew up with music all the time. So yeah, I'm going to totally shake it when I can. We went to see uh, And Juliet. It's a, a show that's going to Broadway now. And it's like, it's super fun. Uh, and it's just all late 90s, 2000 pop music telling the story of like what happened if Juliet didn't kill herself. Uh, oh my gosh, that would be great. So freaking fun. The whole time we're like dancing a lot. Like it's Backstreet Boys, it's Britney Spears telling this beautiful love story. Like it's so fun. And I'm just telling you, I wanted to dance so badly afterwards. I was like, let's, I just, how do I find, I've never been to a club. I'm like, get me in a wedding and I will Are dance. You kidding I me? will tear that floor up. But I, yeah. I'm like, taking you to Vegas just to <laughs> dance. Like you've got to, it's amazing. Cause there's so much energy that happens. And when you change the tempo and how people move and okay. And Julia, like, I love it. I, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a dancer. Tell me about how you got into dancing. Um, <laughs> okay. So where, look, we've got this, this beautiful story arc going, yeah. but um, you've got like, let's clean it up a little bit because you, you've got this, this life of growing up almost. I mean, what is that? What did that, you, you said at one point, it felt like you, you were, uh, well, you had to do this on your, own. you felt like you had failed. It wasn't failure. It was when you lost your car, when you, when your car was stolen, you told me it felt like you had almost disappointed yourself. Was that it? I, oh, I man, did. Yeah. Back. Yeah, what no, did that, I did. What did that feel like growing up and trying to like fit into whatever this story that you were trying to so, fit into the story yeah. that other people wanted for you? What did that feel yeah. like? My life was pretty easy up until that spot. I was having a pretty good time and it felt like, yeah, I'd let myself down. Like, did I make a wrong choice? Did I do something wrong? And it was really that. I was defeated. I was deflated. I was, yeah, I, th that's the only way to describe it. Like that was, I will never forget. You know, you have those moments where you just hit the ground. Like the wind is knocked completely out of you because you mm -hmm. think this is it. This is rock bottom for me. It doesn't get any worse than this moment. And for me, it, it wasn't like I had that rocky moment where I'm running up the stairs and I'm like, I'm going to do it that didn't happen right away. I mean, I wallowed in that emotion for a long time. And then I did, I had to reevaluate where do I go now? Like I can stay mm. here. I can easily stay here and I can set up shop and I can start selling t-shirts out of the, my van, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, but that's not what, that's not the vision that I had for my life. And when I look back at like the tiny version of myself, the little girl who was just so excited and so happy and wanted to be the first female president of the United States, I'm like, I can't let her down because she's mm. still me. Like, that's still who I am. I still want to make the world a better place. So I, yeah, I can just stay here or I can do something about it. So, so do you feel like you, who do you depend on now to help you be who you are? Oh, my husband, for sure. Like he yeah. is my, my support system, my aunt, I still, so my aunt and I still have a wonderful relationship. Um, we have this whole, like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Like we, we do this whole thing. I go to CEO school. She, she takes me to CEO school and teaches me all about that. But luckily we're in the spot that we're in to where I'm an obsessive reader. Like I am on audible. I'm on podcasts. There's people that I can grab things from all the time. Like I yeah. learning is like the core of who I am. I'm not going to pretend like I know it all and I can get something, even if it's something that I don't want to do, I can get something from somebody. So to answer that question though, I mean, it's, it's my husband. Like he is the one he's my sounding board of, am I showing up as somebody else? Or is this actually who I am? Is that a daily thing? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like challenging, like, is there like challenge? Like, what is that? Like, does he, is he like, Oh yeah. What are you doing there? That's not you. Yeah. Like it, it's check-ins all the time because again, he's not just my husband, like he's my business partner. So right. we have to show up and use what we have and they're very different skill sets. They're very different talents. We're very different people, but it's, and I'm 
I'm really easy to say like, Hey, I feel like this, or this is making me uncomfortable. My best friend is also our COO. So she will check me all the, like we had a call yesterday where we hopped off and I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling like this. She's like, yeah. Cause you're trying to prove yourself, like quit trying mm. to prove yourself, like just be who you are and they're paying you. You're not paying them. So I've, I've really pulled those people in, not only in my personal life, in my business life. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but for me, like, that's just how I want to live my life. I want to work with my favorite people. And so if you're not at this point, if you're not, I love that challenge for me. If you're not proving yourself, if you're not trying to prove yourself, then what are you doing? What's the best version of you showing up? Oh gosh. The best version of me showing up is really excited, really fired up about what I'm doing, feeling really confident in what I'm sharing and being okay with people not liking me. Like that is, and that's a really hard thing for me. Like I, I yeah. like, I want people to like me. That's why I do a lot of the things that I do. And I've had to unlearn right. those habits. And so what does that feel like when, when like, again, take, give me a moment. Is there, is there a moment that you faced recently where somebody, you know, or you faced like maybe you you got some slack, whatever you got, you got somebody came at you, somebody said, actually, this wasn't what I expected. Somebody, let's say, did not like what you did or who you are. Is there a moment that comes to mind? Is there somebody? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, this this just happened it. yesterday. Yesterday we're on a call and it's a pitch and it's with people who don't know me. So I have, I've built no rapport and I'm trying my normal, you know, I'm in sales. So I'm going to build rapport. I want to get to know you. I'm very charismatic person. And it was like, no, it's not happening. And, and I can feel myself trying to overcompensate. I can feel that pit in my stomach. We walk away from the call and I can't quit talking about it. Like I spend like multiple moments talking about it. And she's like, okay, you're trying to prove yourself. Tell me what actually, what's the outcome that you want from this? Mm. Like, what do you actually want to happen? And I lay out exactly what I want to happen. So me trying to prove myself and getting the outcome that I want, like it's not going to match. Like if you want, if, if I have to bend on who I am, or if I have to prove who I am, the outcome that I want is not, they're not going to line up without telling you like the whole story because it has to be authentic to who I am. So what's the other voice that shows up in your head? Like, what's oh. the, like, what's, what is it saying to you? If it's not prove yourself, prove yourself, do better. You're you suck. What's the, what is it saying? Oh my gosh. It's my parents. A hundred percent. Like I love them, but their voice is, you know, it's still this constant battle of you're amazing. You're this shiny star. And then who do you think you are? You have to work harder. You have to be humble. You have to continue to grind. And so those are the two things that show up and it's my favorite voice. And the voice that I cling to in all of this is my grandmother's voice who's not mm. with us anymore. And she, she always said, don't ever let anyone tame your spirit. And so when, sorry, I'm getting emotional, even thinking yeah, about that. But when, when those voices come up of like, I'm not good enough, or why don't they like me? Or, you know, trying to prove who I am or my skill sets, which are amazing. And I have talent in, you know, categories. And I, I always think of her and it's like, why would I let somebody tame my spirit? Because maybe it's just not a right fit or maybe it's something on them or maybe maybe I'm not if for them or, or whatever that looks like. But it's my responsibility to stay true to that spirit and that fire that's inside of me. And I have to be okay with letting people down and not being what they thought I was going to be or exceeding their expectation. The opposite end of that too. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be okay with that too. So- I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, it's beautiful. It's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. I, uh, I mean, that's look, we just hit something there. There's something yeah. where you got, again, bringing this all kind of full circle, right? You've got these voices that were in your life all along. And was your grandmother present as you oh, were yeah. a kid as well? Like, is that like from like, she's holding you in her arms and oh, like, yeah. don't let anyone tame your spirit, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 if any of my other cousins listen to this, so sorry, but I was the favorite hundred <laughs> percent. She was, she's just a wonderful human being. She was very soft-spoken and she, she had a way, and that's probably something that I'm always going to aspire to be. She had a way of making people feel seen and heard. 
Like she didn't say much. She listened and she said the right thing when it mattered. And that was something that in that moment I needed to hear that. And it was just reaffirmed all the time. So that that's really when, you know, all of these, and, and my parents are phenomenal people and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I have wonderful people around me that build me up. And then there are people on the internet who want to tear you down. And I always have to cling to her because it's like, she's the one who really knew my soul and knew what was happening. So I'm going to cling to that. I'm not going to let my spirit be tamed by people who may or may not like me. That's okay. That's the kind of confidence I'm talking about. <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I love it. I think you just, you just opened up there and uh, opened up where that comes from. Mm-hmm. There's something, obviously you've, you kind of shared the whole journey here of where that comes from and how that develops and how much hard work and how much inner work and how much really kind of like, also you do the inner work. I love the story with you and, and your husband. You're like, I did this inner work and I went for it. And then, oh shit, there's a curveball. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now what do I do with this? Yeah. Cause something just shifted. And little did you know in that moment, I mean, you, again, you said it revealed to you that, oh, they're actually going to help me Mm -hmm. make this vision what it is and more. Yeah. And that's the, that's the part of this journey is as you say, and then I said, who, who helps you now? And you're like, oh yeah, it's absolutely him. So like, let's talk about people helping you on the journey and stepping in at just the right moment to help your vision become even greater it's this incredible journey that you've been on Courtney that, that really, because of what you just shared here really enlightens so much of who you are and how you show up now with this incredible balance in between. It's almost like yours is a journey of like, it sounds simple and needs to be unpacked, but it's almost like it's from either to and, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not this either this or that, or either this or that it's almost both or either to both or some like, it's, I don't know if that's it, but at this state, like, that's what I'm taking. What does that mean to you? Does that, is that, yeah, is that true? I don't know. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I think it's, and I think it's both. I think it's all of the above. I think it's definitely those. You want to talk about help people that help me. Yeah. Transparently. I would be a lot farther, faster if I would have accepted the help that was along the way. I thought I could do it all by myself for a long time. I thought I could do it better. I thought I could do it faster. I thought, and something that I've learned and, and I don't know if that's why my husband was such a gift at the time that he was, but it really was this moment of, if you allow people to help you, you will go farther and beyond what you think you can do by yourself. It's a sense that's, I mean, that we need to hear that. That's it. We, (laughs) I don't know a person that. Yeah. Let people help you. I mean, and, and don't dismiss it and don't, you know, I, I, for a long time thought it made me weak or, you know, what's wrong with me. Why can't I do this all by myself? And there are people who are wired, like it is in their DNA to serve other people. Like that is their life purpose is to help other people to that extreme. And by me dismissing or not accepting that help, I'm, I am essentially saying, Hey, I love your beautiful gift, but I don't want it. Hmm. I don't want it. I can do it better myself. And it's so, when I look back at it now, I'm like, Oh, you were so arrogant and immature to think that this was just something that you could do on your own. And I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's life. Like Nobody's self-made. There are people along the way who have helped you get to where you are. Accept it. Learn from them. There's the word hero keeps showing up for me. And, and I don't know if it's like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to filter this and, and, and figure is it that you felt like you were the hero and then you found help and became the hero of your story. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like there's this sense of it's the general it's the story that you always hear. I can do it on my own. I can do it yeah. on my own. I just a superhero, anything it's, you said you love star Wars and Luke's journey. Like it's, I it's everything in there. I could, I could do this. And then when you truly sit back, rest, receive the help, that's the guidance that you need to really take it to the next level. And that's a fun story. 
Yeah. Let's live yeah. the hero's journey, baby. Let's all do it. <laughs> Best one. I wish you didn't get your ass kicked in the hero's journey. You, there's always that <laughs> moment where it doesn't go your way. Like that's just part of it. Like that's every hero's journey, but yeah. This wouldn't be exciting. There'd be yeah, nothing to overcome. I know. What do you have to plot do? twist. Right. Plot twist. Okay. Yeah. So you and you are that you're still going through that. And so anybody that has connected with you so far and is saying, I just love who she is and, and her story. And I connect with her story. I've made those same movements or that's where I find myself is in that place of thinking I can do it all on my own or getting consumed by the voices around me. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to show up with her clarity, confidence, vision, ability to ask for help and receive help. That's a journey. That's a transformation that we want to make. And so where are people going to find you? You've got your podcast, mm-hmm. you show up daily. What's the best way for people to connect with you and say, I love who you are and I want you to help me. I love that. Follow me on the podcast, or you can follow me on any social media channel. It's Courtney Vi, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-V-I-E. That's where I'm at on all the socials. Again, my wonderful parents gave me a beautiful name that I can use as a social media handle everywhere. So connect with me, shoot me a DM. It's my favorite thing to do because I'm, I'm not special. There's nothing special about my journey. Anyone can achieve and have and be whatever it is that you want to be. And I'm here to cheer you on. I will always be your biggest hype girl. And I will always be the first one to say you can do it because I know you can. Because you had people telling you that all along. Here we go. Love it. Pass on the story. Courtney, it is such a joy. If you can tell by just how interested and (laughs) truly entertained I've been over the last hour, I am so excited to share this with my listeners. And I'm so grateful for your time. And I'm going straight from here to LinkedIn to find your glamour shot photo. I'll tell you. (laughs) I love it. Alex, thank you so much. This was so fun. I'm just honored that you had me on here. I love having, having chats with you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.